Spoiler alert. Slash Paradise encourages viewers to watch these horror films before listening to our show. Danny and Lance will go through everything, including filmmaking, dialogue, characters, and even full scene breakdowns when we get excited. Enjoy the show. Welcome, Slashers. Ooh. Today is the day. That's Danny. I'm Lance. Danny, today is the day. I think we both said it already. We're a little nervous about this. We are a little nervous about this episode because... Quite frankly, folks, if you're our age, I think you can say, uh, which is what, 20, I'm already messing up. Nope. No, <laughs> no if you're in your 30s or mid-30s, you were part of you, the craze. You were part of this, you were part of this movie. Mm-hmm. You were a part of this. And, you know, I think it's safe to say that this movie is us. It's our generation. Yeah. Of horror fans. This movie... A lot of people our age can identify with this movie. Let, I mean, this is a place, Slash's Paradise is a place for bold statements. Bold! This movie saved the horror genre. Oh! The characters in it, the writing in it, everything about this movie that we are talking about today saved horror films well for those of you that are listening to us audially you don't know what we're talking about yet unless you saw the title congratulations those of you that are watching video i would like to do uh show you a couple of things that i brought to the slashes paradise (laughs) for uh, lance and i to get into the spirit first of all uh look at this awesome tiki mug of ghostface himself yes folks we are talking about Scream! Look at this guy. Look at him. He's already got some condensation on him because, you know, he's got drink in him. So that's fun. I'm going to be drinking out of him. Uh, But also, Lance, I brought you a little something that I made right outside the Slash's Paradise. What is that, Danny? Jiffy Pop! Yes. Look at this, folks. I mean, you can't really see it. And, you know, I think I under I think I took it off the stove a little too early. But it still popped. Feel free. And uh, it's right here behind this awesome little ghost face uh, figurine. But Jiffy Pop. Uh, do you like Jiffy Pop? I don't know. I'm about to find out, to be honest. I mean, it's popcorn. But, like, you know, it just... It's also... It's a show. It's like, it's like going to the hibachi, right? <laughs> yes. It's like going to the hibachi grill... The food at a Japanese steakhouse is is amazing. Like Benihana, I love that food. Yeah, that's great. But it's the show it's the that show people that go get. for, right? And the chef, if you get a good one, he's you know it's great. It's a great show. Oh man, let's watch, uh, Danny. Let's let's okay. Let's go to nineteen ninety six. Let's all go to nineteen ninety six. What's Lance doing in nineteen ninety six? I am in mi- not even middle school yet. I am in elementary school still. Right? Fifth Yikes! Grade, fourth grade, somewhere in there. My God, uh, old I, man, leather. My picture. love for horror films is alive, uh-huh. but it's it's you know it's not mature yet. And but you're still very scared at this point. But I'm but I'm still learning. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it's yeah. I don't know that horror is having a very hard time in the '90s. I don't know that no. at this age. Of course not. Uh, I'm just excited to watch a new horror film every once in a while. Most of them are older by this point. And Halloween yep. and Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, all these guys are established and they're still making movies, but you know, they're all new to me. Yeah. What about Freddy Krueger? Did you know about him? I knew about him. Yeah. I hadn't seen too many of his movies. I wasn't a huge fan. You know that I like the darker toned guys. I like the Michael Myers. Yeah. I like Jason Voorhees <clears throat> most yeah. in most of his films. Well, see, I don't know if this was some sort of Freudian mishap or or whatever the opposite of mishap is. 
uh, made hap. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basketball okay. terms. But I bring up Freddy Krueger for a very specific reason. For those of you that are listening, I'm about to reference two uh, pieces of decor here in the Slasher's Paradise. Those of you that could see us, you have placed, we have placed very strategically two very mm. nice pieces of decor here. Freddy's sweater, his hat, and his glove right next to Ghostface. Ghostface. Is yeah. there a reason for that? Should that should that be a reason to even say anything? I think it is. I think there's a reason, Danny. What is it, Lance? What's the reason that those two franchises would have anything in common? Well, there's a link between the two. Uh-huh. And that link is Mr. Wes Craven. Oh my gosh, the late and great. Yeah. Titan of a horror genre Wes Craven there will never be another no what an amazing brain and an amazing talent of a man brought us two iconic you could say he's brought a few well I mean three I mean if you technically look at the decades in the 70s he brought us what last last house on the last house on the left but also the hills have eyes yeah and those were kind of genre setters you know I mean for the 70s especially yeah that that raw like dark horror film where it was very Manson-y. Should you, you know? say that if something is uh, an iconic staple in the horror genre, it was because it gets the remake? You think? Yeah, I mean that's a that's a whole another conversation we got. Well, talk because about. like right, you have you live long enough to see the creation take on itself to where it's been so established now that people are so inspired by it they want to do a remake of it. Mm-hmm. So last house on the left was definitely remade uh, with Aaron Paul's in it, bitch. Um, that's all I got. And uh, <laughs> uh, obviously the Hills have eyes was remade and made into a sequel. That movie. Oh gosh. But anyway, oh, yeah. so Wes Craven, the man who gave us Freddy Krueger. I mean, yes, Robert England is the reason that you love Freddy because mm. it's his character. But if you, if you have time, Folks, and you have Shudder. I believe it's still on there. If not, go find it. Never Sleep Again, The, nine, the Nightmare yeah. on Elm Street Legacy. It's a great documentary. It's it's long because it goes uh, installment by installment of the franchise. But hearing Wes talk about how he came up with Freddy mm-hmm. and the story, yeah. you know, just like you could just tell he's a big kid, you know. And even so we're talking about Scream in this sense. This is a guy who has lived long enough at this point to see horror movies become a trope, right? Right. To be, they, they be, they're a caricature almost unto themselves, which is why you say that they were struggling in the nineties. Yeah, totally struggling. And he didn't even want, he turned this, this movie down. This movie was out there already. It was hot in Hollywood because every, uh, major studio wanted it and was going after it. And there's a yeah. huge bidding war for this. Yeah. And we're going to talk about the the writer of this film, uh, Kevin Williamson. Was his name? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. You, at, you Oh, Kevin Williamson? Is that the guy? Is that the guy? You yeah. almost act like that's a, a foreign name in the Slasher's Paradise. Right. So this script that he wrote was so brilliant that every company out there was going for this, except for... Miramax and the newly established Dimension Films, which they can go to hell. But <laughs> that's kind Honestly. of—I mean—that's the only studio that had not made an offer yet. It was because they were the last to know about it, and then they immediately, once they read the script, because it was so hot, 
said, how much do you want for it? Okay. So it's almost like it's right. It's the one that doesn't pay attention to you. That's how you flirt when you're in middle school, high school adjacent. <laughs> it's the one that you don't that or you're like, okay, look, I put out this, you know, I, I'm I'm wearing my silk shirt to school. It's the 90s. I'm wearing my silk shirt to school. I know you didn't ask, but I'm about to fill you in on what Danny was doing in 1996. <laughs> he was very much wearing silk shirts tucked into bugle boys, probably uh, jeans. Wearing too much, way too much. I'm um, keep on hitting the mic. Way too much gel in my hair, Lance. Yeah, I mean, gel was a big thing back then. I know, I know for sure. I mean, I the more I used to get a glob. They would say nickel size, and I was like, no, half dollar size. What's your what? two half dollar <laughs> palm size? You know, like, yeah. and I would just go in there. It it was so and was that L.A. looks? Is that what you had? I had LA one. looks. I had, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that was it. That's what I had. Um, the cl- it was clear. And then it had the number of hold. Like yeah, one, yeah. it was like one to five, yeah. right? The, the strength of the hold. Yep. And if I got the, I would get the four because I, I at that age, I was like, ah, I'm not crazy. Like I need a, I need a little bit of, I need a little bit of flexibility, but no, I didn't No. And first of all, I was overusing it and using it way you know, too much. Yeah. I should not have had that much gel in my hair, but yet I was, and I was wearing silk shirts and they were very popular and they were very baggy. And I liked baggy because I needed the space, you know, and I probably looked that way when I saw scream in the theaters. Well, congratulations. Oh man, I did. That's pretty incredible. I was not old enough at this point. I was only Mm -hmm. like eight years old. Mm -hmm. And it's your baby. I had an older sister. I had an older brother. I remember my sister got to go see it and came back, told me the whole movie. And I was terrified just from what she told. She told me every single scene. Uh, wow. Spoiler alert. But yeah, but I wasn't going to get to see it. You know right? what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's almost like rubbing it in your face. Right? At that time, I think Halloween six had just hit VHS and mm. I had just gotten to see that. And I was terrified by that as an eight year old became one of my favorite movies because there, the '90s struggled, I think, for movies, for identity in movies. You had that. You just came off the '80s. Whoa, 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 wait. Are you saying they struggled horror or movies general? Movies general, I Ooh, believe. Listen, I no, 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 no. There are great movies that came out there. Okay, okay, and Batman Returns is out there, but there's let's, Legends of the Fall. Sure, there's great movies that came out of the '90s, but I'm saying in general, like the '80s had an identity. You had John Hughes making great movies and relating to teenagers and all that stuff, which right. I will get, we're going to get back to in that in a minute. But Absolutely. the '80s just had such an identity in film, and '90s really struggled. There's only a few movies that I feel say '90s about. You actually brought a great one up, but mine were Jurassic Park, Ten Things I Hate About You, and Scream. And the one that I love that you brought up was Clueless. Obviously. Yeah, I think Clueless is probably one of the quintessential 90s movies just because, uh, well, first of all, you know, the 90s, it's it's weird because there's here's a decade where in the early on, you still have, uh, you know, the, the technology is limited, right? Mm-hmm. By the end of the 90s, you're jumping online. Yeah. You're, you're, uh, you're being able to, the world is shrinking, Essentially, the world is shrinking. And I think what's so good about this movie is that it plays on. Obviously, it's a movie of the times, but it plays on real 
sort of like there is a fear about technology either growing too fast or not growing fast enough. Mm-hmm. You know, there is that fear. And I think this movie really touches on it because it is technology based. If you consider a phone technology, right? Cellular. <laughs> My portable. That's what she says, by the way, it's, Jennifer Aniston and Leprechaun. She says yes, portable. But in this movie, it's cellular, cellular, cellular. Look they you never, those L's. I know. I'm really <laughs> pronunciating right now because they never say cell phone. They say cellular. I mean, we haven't gotten to him yet, but Dewey says it like three times in a row within like but Jack in the cellular 20 devices. seconds. Yes. Oh, my gosh. First of all, first of all, <laughs> not many people can pull off that caterpillar mustache. And David Arquette is another one that cannot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, where are you going with this, Dan? Because yeah, no, he didn't really just, pull it off either. <laughs> it's not. It's. Uh, okay. For those of you that have ever played Loteria Bingo or, uh, you know, the Chalupa Bingo, you know, the one that has like uh, uh, El Diablo y La Dama and those, you know, you, you play and those. He looked like El Catrin, right? He looked like the. And it was like, I guess the butler or whatever. This is a dude with a monocle, but it's that pencil mustache and i always saw that with him but it almost i mean first of all that ha- i say first of all a lot and just get with it but it had to be glued on his face right i think he was just too young to hold the mustache because later in the franchise he still has it and he puts a little weight on and it looks more normal i but yeah well hold on we may be getting ahead of the, ahead of ourselves yeah, a little right? bit a little we, bit, we, there's a little bit. housekeeping we have to do right yeah we got to hit on our uh our it's because we're excited folks we're excited to talk about scream i know there are a lot of scream fans out there uh scream itself has sparked so many uh fandoms that it is i believe ghostface i mean he's here in the slasher's paradise he's up with the titans Absolutely. of terror right yeah. right <laughs> tm uh, <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Ghostface, and that's the thing in the movie they don't even call him Ghostface. I think that he just like got that name in the movie. They call him Father Death. I remember seeing this face, this 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 um this costume well before the movie. Mm. I remember seeing it. I remember kids having it. Yeah, I don't think it was created for the movie. It it couldn't be. It actually was. What? Yeah. Well, well. Maybe I was just seeing it concurrently with the movie. There's a lot of de- yeah. There's a lot of details about how this mask and the look. But like you said, we got some housekeeping to do. Got some housekeeping. Got so care. you don't want any Jeffy Pop? No, but I'll take a pumpkin spice latte. Oh, how fun! All right, Danny, all you. The pumpkin spice latte for Scream by Danny Gonzalez. This movie centers around a group of teens in a small town that are living through a series of vicious murders that are taking the shape of familiar slasher tropes and they are commented, uh, slasher movie tropes, and they are commented on as such throughout the movie. Uh, There is some past coming up to haunt it's very much a whodunit slasher movie centered around teens that are very much capable of carrying the acting load and the killer is donning a white mask uh that is the shade it almost looks like a ghost so it's almost something you have seen before but it's something fresh and can they find out who the killers are before they are all dead themselves that's scream and here's your breakdown for Scream. The movie was released in December on December 20th, 1996. Our budget was $15 million. 
and our overall box office revenue was $173 million. Hell yeah. But it was also a very slow start for this one. Uh, Took about three weeks before we hit number one in the box office. And then we ran for 31 weeks after that. Uh, The movie was written by Kevin Williamson, which we were going to go into depth about where he came up with this and all that. Uh, Directed by Mr. Wes Craven, starring Nev Campbell. David Arquette, Courtney Cox, oh. Matthew Lillard, Jamie Kennedy, Skeet Ulrich. Ulrich, thank you. You're welcome. Rose McGowan, oh. Drew Barrymore, oh. who is a cornerstone of this movie. And we're I just want to go right into it and jump off on that. Let's do it. We owe this movie to Drew Barrymore. Okay. Uh I'll go with it. Let's start let's start with Kevin Williamson first, the writer of this film. Wait, 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 wait. You're not done with housekeeping. Oh, you can't be done with housekeeping, goodness. baby. You're right. We're going to need it for this show, too. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a long one. It's going to be in depth. We got to do the slash word. Cool. Dan, Danny, what's the slash word? What's the slash word? What is slash word for slash spare? Because I was like, ooh, I get to get the slash word. I can watch myself. No, we don't get to give the slash word. But slash word is the horror version that is created by Slash's Paradise of the very popular game Pathword. It's basically if you hear the word means or that is the slash word if you hear it or you see it i don't know how you see words but if you do you get to take a drink from your beverage of choice whether it be water or alcohol or anything in between yep stay hydrated stay safe get drunk uh today the slash word is brought to you by who else who else would call in lance who else who else it's Ghostface. yeah Ghostface so, is bringing the slash. We are not going to hear this. We are not going to see these. But Ghostface, you're on the line. What is the slash word of the night? The slash word is scream. <laughs> yeah. All right. Wow. There you go, people. How about that, huh? There's your slash word. Now. Let's get going. Let's get going. You were talking about Mr. Kevin Williamson. Kevin Williamson, the way he orchestrated this. I don't know if you've ever read the screenplay. I don't read. Okay. So if you read it, if you're a writer, if you're a reader, read this. It's so, it's written like a freaking novel. You know what I mean? Like it it is just in depth. Every character is taken care of. This guy was kind of a struggling writer. Hadn't really come up with anything that had been picked up yet. He was kind of in line for some stuff, but uh, this all happened when he was, I think, house sitting for a friend out in the middle of nowhere, you know, like nothing around the house. He's house sitting in this dark home and he starts watching a documentary about the Gainesville Ripper. <gasps> yes. So there's this, this serial killer in Gainesville, Florida, mm-hmm. uh, did some heinous acts and all this kind of stuff. Well, Kevin Williamson is getting terrified while watching this by himself in somebody else's house with no one around. And, you know, so he calls a friend mm-hmm. and he's just like, I, I need some help right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I need some help. I am terrified of this, this documentary I'm watching. And then the, the conversation turns into a talk about horror films and the tropes and everything that horror films say and do and how, you know, there's like a list of rules at this point from especially from the 80s and a little bit of the 70s where every horror film kind of starts to fall in line with the same ideas. Right. So they're starting to become, a, like I said, a caricature of themselves. It's like when by the end of the Rocky series, he's like, you know, I don't want to end up being a character of myself, a caricature of myself 
where I'm already like not in on the joke, but slasher movies were definitely headed that way. Yeah. And I think horror films in general kind of were, they were kind of becoming a joke. You know what I mean? Like it's just how many times can you do the same things over and over and over and over again? Uh, so he starts writing the screenplay. He gets this brilliant idea. He wants to infuse some comedy into it, but let's make the characters aware of horror films. Let's put horror films into the movie. And they, they know all these tropes. They know what not to follow through. Like, and let's make our characters intelligent. Yes, because how many times, folks, are you watching the movies and you're like, oh, man, if that was me, I'd be out of there. Right. Oh, if that was me, I, I, I'd punch him in the face. Oh, if that was me, I'd do whatever. At this point, all right, put your money where your mouth is. Let's get some, let's get some people in there who are very well aware of the horror movie trope, of the slasher movie trope, which is what? A uh, big-breasted girl running upstairs when she should be running out the front door. It's right. insulting. Uh, can't you know, drink. Can't do drugs. Can't have sex. See, so, like, that's already somebody's Friday evening out the door. Right. You know? You're dead. You're in dead a, in a horror before film. you even, you know, hit the club. <laughs> but what I'm saying here is, 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 like, that's ambitious because, okay, I've always said that there is a definite, I think we talked about this in the Black Christmas episode, but there's definitely a point and there's a place for having good uh, social commentary in horror movies, but you have to be well equipped to pull it off. If not, you just seem like you're like, hey, this is an issue. I'm going to talk about it, but not really deliver any sort of nuance or sort or any sort of, uh, you know, uh, it, clever banter or whatever any sort of clever take on the issue mm -hmm. this movie took what you knew about slasher movies about horror movies up to this point because gosh good guys go back forth uh up to 96 back all the way to the late 70s these were the movies yeah all the movies a scary guy in a mask or hidden they hit the face and who's who's the killer is it you is it me is it him is it her and then when you finally do meet the killer you know are you going to be able to fall here are you going to run and then just fall down i mean like come on like there there are certain things that were just like oh again so yeah at this point you have to make a movie that is talking about that idea they're like yeah we're not going to re we're not going to we're not going to make how about this the audience we know you're not dumb right we're not going to be pulling the wool over your face any, or over your eyes anymore. We know what the issue is. Now, how about a take? How about a movie that centers around people who are aware of the trope? So you have to deliver new shit. And that's what we got. A brand new, awesome yeah. horror movie. <laughs> You're listening to Dead Candy, dedicated entertainment for the dead. Hola, ghoulos! It's me, Raúl El Ghoul, and I'm coming to you to ask you follow me on El Instagrams at Raúl El Ghoul, or in español. Raul El Ghul. Anyway, I am the newest creature feature ghost host with the most. 
I know all the things of uh, spooky things, and that's the story. I'm sticking to it. If you want to laugh, you can come there too. Because if I wasn't called El Ghul, I'd be called Raul El Funny. Follow me on Instagrams at Raul El Ghul. Hey, when it comes to ghosts, hosts, and spooky stuff, you can do a lot worse than Raul, but it doesn't get much better. <laughs> Don't be a stupid. Be a gulo. Adios. I just, I, I love the build of this movie. Like, I, my entrepreneurial mind is just, like, in love with how this film kind of came through. So, writing the script, it's like, okay, I want an iconic slasher. I want a whodunit. Like, you, you're, you're taking a thriller. I want teenagers. I want all these things that horror movies that, you know, we love the icons really expose and you throw them in the pot and do this brilliant take on them. And everyone's aware of everything else that we've seen before. Mm -hmm. Like I love the build of the script and now the script gets put out there. Yeah. And everybody knows it's brilliant. And again, like I want to give Kevin his due because he wrote it so beautifully. If you actually go down and read some of this, it's just like, you don't see screenplays like this, but everyone is bidding on this. They know it's going to be a hit. They know this is the next big horror film. And you know what it was called at the time? Scary movie. Shut up. Yeah. Wow. It was, that was the production. It was a scary movie. It was supposed to, flip the script it was supposed to make a joke about horror films it was supposed to have some comedy to it and i will kind of jump ahead and say that the comedy that is in this just fits the characters and they do such a great job of acting and portraying these characters that it doesn't come off as over the top comedy ever but even that all that that you're saying which is glorious and perfect i want to still live right now in 1996 (laughs) and talk to you folks about what got me. I'm 11, maybe at this point, by the time the movie comes out, I'm 11. So I'm 10 years old. I'm, I'm, I'm well aware of what the hell's going on. All right. I'm ordering for the adult menu at the restaurants. Right. I know what's going on. Right. I saw this movie poster and I want it in 100%. And let me tell you when Cinemark, Cinemark in Mission, Texas, but it was, it was kind of like, okay, so we didn't have at this point, the stadium seating and the reserve seating and all the hoopla, the, 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 you know, the, the seats were, it's just, you know, they gradually raised, but it was very much still old school. I think I, I I don't know, forget which movie I watched. I think my grandma took me to watch a movie and we were walking out and we saw coming soon scream and it's just, uh, just a scream and it's the poster and it's Drew Barrymore, right? It should be right. Uh, the, the face. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's Drew, right? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. So it's just, I think I know what you're talking about. It's the, the wide open eyes and it's the, the, her hands over her mouth and it's like wide it out. And it's just the face coming through in two big eyes. And it's beautiful. It's a beautiful poster. It's so iconic. I saw that and I was like, what is that? Hmm. What is that? I think I ended up convincing my uncle to take me or something like that, which, you know, I didn't, there was not a lot of kicking and screaming. I'll be honest with you. Like, he was like, yeah, we'll go watch shit. And it was so awesome. The poster, 
hooked me. Now you see posters, right? You see like Avengers posters, you see whatever it is, the new blockbuster posters. And it's like, how many stars can we fit on the poster to get people in? Which I get it has a place, but this was subtle. It was specific and it was intriguing. I hadn't seen anything up until then like that. Okay. Subtle T. I mean, the, the poster that I remember, it has the full cast on it. No. Well, that's one I think that they use the most, but no! I, did, I did have the VHS of the poster that you're talking about. I believe it had a blue tent over it, mm. but I do remember the eyes and the shocking like face. Oh, well, let's it. talk about your poster then. Let's talk about your poster then. Which Okay. The, the ensemble one. Yes. Yeah, which become the one. cliche uh-huh, poster. Uh-huh. Yeah. What about it? Nev Campbell doesn't look like that in the movie at all. One. <laughs> okay. Uh, David Arquette has better hair, but Ski Ulrich in that poster, he doesn't have a mustache and a goatee <laughs> in the whole movie. He's supposed to be uh, a high school kid, which, okay, yeah, you can have a goatee and mustache in high school. But this dude is just like, hey, uh, Ski, uh, what are you doing? First, okay, sorry. Let's just go back real quick. First of all, the dude's name is Skeet. Okay. Yeah, yes, it is. Do I need to elaborate? <laughs> What's going on here? Skeet Ulrich. What a great name. What a great name. I mean, <laughs> it, it was a great name up until Ying Yang Twins. So then um, you have this guy. And wait, I was wondering. I was talking to my, my fiance the other day, right? And I was wondering, do you think Wes Craven's daughter had a say in casting of Skeet Ulrich? Because you know the famous story is that he was down to a few guys for the role of Glenn in Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. And she's walking by and she sees the picture of Johnny Depp. And she's like, dad, oh my God, him. And she's like, he's he's like, he's supposed to be the tough guy. She's like, yeah, but he's, he's gorgeous, right? Mm-hmm. And he's not, he's not the jock, but he got cast because like, you know, Wes was like, well, who better to know him than my daughter, right? Oh yeah. What is Skeet Ulrich if not another carbon copy of Johnny Depp? Straight from the words of Wes Craven, that's why he got cast because he looks just like him. Okay, then, then, <laughs> then I was on to something. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, my my experience with this film, it the the hype built and built and built up even into the VHS release, which came months later because this stayed in the theater for thirty one weeks. That was forever, that's, that's and it didn't impressive. hit for I think until the fourth week, which was in like late January, where that became like this is a hit. And the hype because of the who done it was huge. So I remember, um, like I said, my my family had kind of seen it in the theater. My dad had not seen it yet until it hit VHS. And I remember the night that my parents watched it in their bedroom. And I remember I wasn't allowed to see it yet by their standards, trying to you know trying to take care of their baby, you know, not sure, too much sure, more. Sure. But I remember my dad's reaction seeing the cover, and this is the ensemble cover by this point. Oh, Drew Barrymore's in it. She'll survive. She got, and this was her idea. She got my dad perfectly. It was her. She was cast as soon as the script was out. She was attached to it to play Sydney Prescott. Huh? She was going to be the. Survivor. I don't know how that would have been. She she was the main girl, and that's why Wes Craven eventually came around and said, "Oh, Drew Barrymore's in it. Okay, I can do this." And then they're about to film, or they're starting to cast the rest of the role, and Drew Barrymore goes, mm, "You know what?" I like the role of Casey much more. I think it's going to be a big surprise for fans if I'm the first one seen 
in this film and we'll talk about her whole scene i think right now yeah spoiler alert okay we're about to we're about to name <laughs> that people or characters not people characters in this movie get offed oh yeah they get dead by the uh hands of ghostface and right away most prominently on that poster you were talking about, most prominently displayed is Drew Barrymore Absolutely. in her little bowl cut. Very nice, right? And the reason I brought in the Jiffy Pop into the Slasher's Paradise here is because Drew Barrymore is playing Casey. Yeah. Starts the movie off by getting a phone call. Totally innocuous, you know, totally innocent. Just a phone call. It's established that she's home alone. It's a pretty nice house. If you know anything about real estate in California, then you're saying, who are these rich people? You know, because it's not a den. And she's in there and she's getting a call from a guy who's got a... I don't want to say sultry, Lance. I would... But I want to be around there. I want to be around that word for how to describe it's a, the voice of Ghostface. It's a bizarre, like, inviting, <laughs> sexy, but scary voice. It's on the edge of all of those things. So let me see. So, you know, sometimes, okay, because like, okay, when I talk and I'm very excited, I tend to go a little higher, right? When I talk and I want to be a little bit more, you know, in depth, yeah. I just, you know, kind of bring it down here. Um, depending. When Ghostface starts off and he's just neutral it's some of the most and tonight on the midnight hour we're playing casey and jojo for all you people out in the san fernando valley radio dj style she answers the phone he's like hello and he's just like cool you know you tell me no no that's not that's later uh it's like what she says oh i think you have the wrong number and he's like do i and even mm-hmm. then I cracked. I couldn't even do it. But like when he gets agitated, I feel like I can do that voice really well. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, it just hits all these levels. But again, I feel like it's so inviting because she starts having a conversation with those guys. She's home alone. You can't just have started. Okay, but that's me. Okay, that's me right now. That's me right now talking about you can't just have start having a conversation with a complete stranger who just called you up. By the way, this is also before Star 69. Yeah. Or, or right around the time of Star 69. And caller ID, right? Yeah. So they don't have it. No one has it in the movie. So all that, if you're ever going to watch this movie for the first time, you have to realize all those things are not there, right? Yeah. They do make a, a point to appear in the series, which, by the way, just so you know, this movie did spark a freaking franchise that is still going today, ladies and gentlemen. Yep, absolutely. So we have cellular phones. We have cordless phones, like big, heavy cordless phones. Hell yeah. Which I remember so greatly. My gosh, uh, dude, you used to get on those phones, you know. But that's the thing is you used to get random calls and it wasn't scams or spam. Like it wasn't these weird robo callers. You could get the wrong number. And I think you felt a little more safe being like, oh, like, who are you looking for? Maybe I know like I there was something a little more open about getting a wrong number back then. OK, but also the fact that you have to. OK, let's go back to the 90s really quick. All right. I'm 11 years old, starting to deal with what I'm dealing with. Right. Growing up, growing up into a young lad and uh, starting to notice girls and want to call them. Right now, you want to call somebody. First of all, nobody calls anybody. What a, what a travesty. Nah. Uh, you text, you DM, you slide into the DMs, I suppose. I always 
fumbled into the, anyway, the point <laughs> of the matter is you don't, unless, and this was later in my high school years that this was happening, but right now at this point, if you want to talk to somebody and I used to call girls to their house, you better pray that she answers oh, or yeah. that they, your friend answers. You better pray that they answers. Why? Because. If you're calling for a young girl and her father answers the phone, you have to talk to him. And I had to. I had to talk to many dads just like, you know, and you're going in your head. You're like, what are the cool things I could say right now? And, you know, it's always this. Hello. And always mad because uh -huh. they know that they weren't expecting a call and it could be it should be somebody else. Hello. Yeah. You're like mad. Okay, you're already thrown off because it's a grown man's voice. Hello, right? You're like, um, hi, right? <laughs> yes. What, what do you need, dear? That always happened to me, right? Oh when my no! Mom would, when my before mom, puberty, when my mom would make me yes. order, or, or dad would make me order at the drive-through or whatever. Yes. Yeah, pull around. We'll, we'll have your order, ma'am. And I'm like, <laughs> so you <laughs> you call and you're like, hello. You're like, shit, right? You're like, hi, um, is Caitlin there? Who's this? And you're like, Shh. so you got to like, all right, you got to go old school Game of Thrones style. So they know because, you know, the follow up question. So you have to go Game of Thrones style. Uh, this is Danny, son of Enrique, first of his name. You know, you got to give like all the the, <laughs> the the information so they know who's calling, because if you don't, they'll be like, Danny, who from where? <laughs> who are your Who are your parents? I don't know them. You know, it's you're like giving me so much anxiety, man. Like <laughs> It used to take me like 20 minutes to get the guts to call up somebody. And then when somebody else would answer, I'd hang up. <laughs> I, I, it was, oh, must no. have been the performer in me, Lance. I don't know, oh, man. No. I just went for it, dude. No, I knew I was going to like stammer or just not be able to get through <laughs> it. So I just would hang up. They didn't have Star 69. Uh, imagine the one time where they did have Star 69. And hey, why'd you call? I made the effort. Who was this? Oh, shit. Damn it. Oh, I think man. I had the wrong number. Sorry. Click. And you never called. And it again. only got worse, dude. It only yeah. got worse later. Cause like, you know, if you did call and then they knew you were calling and then they cleared you, man, yeah. shit, that's, that's the worst. But anyway, I just had to talk about that because I think a, a, a lot of us could relate to that moment. You know, I, here's the thing. I feel sad that I'm not going to get to do that to my kids. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to get, what am I going to answer there? Get their cell phones before they like answer it or be like, Hey, who's this? You know, you're just gonna have to pray that they come like to the door or something. So you can do like the scene from bad boys. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> I was, I was waiting for that. I was so glad that you said that bad boys too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. That, that, that's <laughs> definitely happening. <laughs> Hey, Slashers, we hope that you've enjoyed this episode so far. As you could probably tell, Scream means a great deal to Danny and myself. So we had to break this episode up into two parts. So later this week, we will have part two, which goes right into the movie. Uh, we hope that you join us for that. In the meantime, please join us on our Instagram account at deadcandy and tell us what is your favorite scary movie. We'll see you next time. Hey. Did you hear anything you like? Thanks for listening to Slasher's Paradise tonight. Did you know that you can watch our podcast? Where? YouTube.com. If you go to YouTube.com, look up Slasher's Paradise, you'll find the Dead Candy page. And there you can see all of our podcasts, as well as a few shorts that Danny and I have put out. While you're there, please subscribe. And while you are listening here, go ahead and find yourself that rate and review button. Five stars is what we would love for you guys to give us. And you know what? If you can't think of anything to say the review, 
Why don't you go ahead and put some recommendations and or requests of horror movies that you would love for us to talk about. If you'd like to find out more information about Slasher's Paradise or Dead Candy, the producer of our show, you can head over to facebook.com slash deadcandyfix. That's D-E-D candy fix. Here's to you guys. This is Slasher's Paradise. Sorry, I had to work that in. And I'm going to drink on that.